Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone. Today's guest and co-host is the very talented, very lovely Abigail Cohen. Abigail and I talk about her new movie, Redeeming Love, figuring out our priorities, how to recognize manipulative people, first loves and heartbreak, learning from our mistakes, and a lot more. Our unqualified segment begins with a call from Wes, who is bothered by his partner's close relationship with an ex and wonders if he is overreacting. Our next conversation is with Alzita, who doesn't know how to tell her newly divorced best friend of 12 years that she's behaving selfishly. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have a question and would like to talk with us, we would love to hear from you. Just look for the link at unqualified.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Abigail, it is just a joy to meet you. Thank you again for doing this. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I am so excited. Oh, good. Okay, before we get into everything, will you tell us about your movie? Yeah, so it's called Redeeming Love, and it is a love story at its core. It is based off of the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers, and it follows a young woman who kind of endured abuse throughout her life and finds love and through love and loss is able to find herself and kind of find self-love. What's your character's name? Her name is Angel. I was looking at your resume and you've had some interesting character names. I have, haven't I? Yeah, I usually play characters whose name end with a Y or an IE. Interesting. Indicating bubbly (laughs) (laughs) or cheerful or friendly or, you know, maybe not the most intelligent. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have some life questions I want to ask. What intimidates you? Oh, gosh, what intimidates me? A lot of things. I know. I was like, how would I answer this question as I was about to ask you it? And I was thinking, going on talk shows, attempting to do an accent, and people who speak more than three languages. That, yeah, I would say the talk shows. I love podcasts because you just, you know, you're talking, you can just hang out, whatever. But like the talk shows, those are pretty petrifying. People have no idea. Okay, what does the idea of home mean to you? Home, for me, I think of my family in Florida or just my childhood home growing up there. I mean, that's where my mind first jumps to. But then I feel like, I mean, it's pretty cliche, but whoever you're with can feel like home too. So you could be anywhere in the world. But if you're with someone that you just have that feeling with, it could be friends, it could be a significant other. But I think that could also define home. I feel like Los Angeles has been an incredible experience for me. I mean, it has been. It's been like a 23-year experience for me. (laughs) But it feels so transitory still Mm -hmm. to me. Do you feel that way? You know, I was literally having this conversation yesterday and the day before. (laughs) And the day before. (laughs) But like, I think when I first got here, I've only been here, I think, four or five years. When I first got here, of course, it was like insanely difficult. I was literally like sleeping on a mattress on a floor with a girl that I like moved out with. We were like, gonna do it and live the LA uh, struggling actor life. You know, it did not feel like home at first. And then when I met my friends after like, I'd say a year, that's when I started to really, really love it because they were just very down to earth, very kind, loving, like good friends. And I think that's what makes a city feel like home. But now I feel like, I don't know if this is just me though, like after COVID, everything kind of like shutting down and stuff. I feel like the city kind of has just like a different vibe about it. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's just like a different energy. And I feel like just lately, I'm like, it doesn't feel like the old LA. And I'm hoping it changes soon, but it's been interesting. It's an isolating city, I think. And then with quarantine, Mm -hmm. it just amplified 
that idea. Yeah. And I think like everyone's just kind of in the same headspace. And I think that just kind of radiates throughout the city. Uh I think we like all need a reset. I don't know. Did you shoot your movie Redeeming Love throughout quarantine? We actually shot it right before. So we were in South Africa. And then the day that we wrapped is the day that everything shut down. So we got out just in time. Like if we had gone over one day, I mean, we wouldn't have finished. Wow. And how was that experience? It was incredible. It was really awesome. It was hot, but it was good. I mean, I'm imagining safaris. Is that a foolish imagining? No, that's accurate. I thought that would be foolish too, but everyone was like, you have to go on safari when you're here. And then I booked it and COVID hit. No. Yeah, literally. Shit. I know. You're all the way there. No giraffes. I know. Abigail, how long have you been with your partner and what qualities drew you to him? So we have been together since... Midway through season two of filming our show. But season one kind of were a thing and then went our separate ways and now we're official, official. But no, I mean, he was just like my best friend. We were just really, really great friends and we got along and he just has like the kindest heart and is just very emotionally in tune, which is very important to me. And is creative. So we get to kind of share that side of things and It's just nice also to have someone that understands your job. Yes. You know? Uh Uh-huh. How much it requires. Mm -hmm. And the little details of it, you know? Because it's like having to explain it sometimes is exhausting in and of itself. The emotions that it can take out of you and the stress that it can cause and the fear and anxiety. And how the industry kind of forces you to prioritize it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you are your own... Small business. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it is, it's a constant pressure, I feel like. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get to a point in, I don't know, hopefully the near future where I can finally kind of let that pressure go and be like, okay, whatever's meant to be will be. But it is a feeling when you're in the beginning stages. I don't know if it ever goes away, but pressure to make sure that you don't go hungry. (laughs) You don't end up on the street, you know? (laughs) I know, I know. It is like... The thing about the quarantine for me was it was the first time in like 20 years that I felt like I took my foot off the accelerator a little bit, at least internally, which I guess is also why a lot of people are quitting their jobs. Right? I know. Because a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone call it the year of the great pause where it kind of forced everyone to kind of stop and go, whoa, what are my priorities? What am I doing? You know, like maybe it is important to... Because we're all going to die. Right, yeah. (laughs) Everyone saw their life flash before their eyes. (sighs) How old were you when you first felt like you were in love? I'd say I was 15 or 16. Uh Uh-huh. It was my first love. Yeah. Those are the heavy-duty years. Oh, my gosh. Between 15 and, like, 19. Oh, yeah. I think it's because hormones are raging, and, you know, it's those years. You're starting to learn sort of a deeper sense of emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. and the stakes feel high, and you feel, like, raw. Mm -hmm. Were you in a relationship with this person? Yeah, I was. It was actually—it's funny, (laughs) I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but whatever. It was my brother's best friend, and I was, like, in love with him for so long. And then we ended up dating, and I was head over heels in love. And then got my heart broken. Reminds me of Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. (laughs) In the sense, like, I was reminded that Katie Holmes had apparently told, like, Seventeen Magazine or something that her goal was to marry Tom Cruise, that she had a poster. Oh, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, but what made me think about it is that you had adored this person for a while, I assume. And what kind of imbalance Mm. that kind of created in your relationship. Yeah. If he may have viewed you as suddenly sexy and gorgeous, but also still his best friend's little sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, then you view them as like untouchable, this like God. And then, which is something I've learned throughout dating as well, is like there has to be I don't know if this sounds kind of messed up, like a balance of power in a sense. Completely. It can't be like you worshiping the ground that they walk on and them just kind of eating it up, which can be so common, I've found too. 
so he broke up with you. Yeah. Just like out of the blue, boom, done. And then dated someone a week later. And did he try to get you back? No. <sighs> Same thing with me. I always wanted that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Who does it? What the heck? I know. <laughs> Watching people, I'm like, ah, oh, I've always wanted a good love story where it's like you like tragically break up. Totally. Yeah. And then it's like you get back to get, oh, no, that's not, that's never been in the cards for me. And then how did you get over your heartbreak? I think there's something healing about wallowing in it for a minute. I think you almost need to listen to sad songs and like. Oh, it was the worst summer of my life. But then I got into a really unhealthy relationship about two months later. So that's what I did to heal, which is not recommended. How long was that relationship? And what about it felt unhealthy? I mean, that relationship will probably bring with me throughout like the rest of my life, like the lessons that I learned from that. We were together a year, like a school year. Was this like senior year? This was the senior year of high school. Man. And it was like, we would break up every other week, but it was so that he could go see his other girlfriend. Sure. And I would, yeah, and I would take him back the next week and be like, okay, it's okay, like whatever. Did he make you feel crazy? Oh my God, yeah. Like you're so jealous. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Or what would happen is like he would have a freak out and then would apologize. And then what is it? I learned this in therapy. Gaslighting. It is gaslighting, but it's also like if they're in trouble or if they did something wrong, they create a storm and like freak out, whatever, and then cry to make you feel bad for them. Uh Uh-huh. No one understands me like you do. And then you forget the issue. And then the issue is never even talked about again. So it's like that's a apparently a tactic that people will use. Do you think that people are conscious of it? I started to think maybe about a decade ago that the most manipulative people have no idea that they are manipulative. I think their behavior feels rational and it doesn't always to them feel premeditated. I don't know because I've seen like a couple instances where it was very intentional, but I don't know. I think you have a good point, though. Your senior year boyfriend, did he try to get you back after eventually you were like, my heart, it's so raw now that I don't want you anymore? <laughs> Actually, I did not hear from him. Oh, uh, no. Oh, yeah. Then, oh, yeah. Like, what, two years? Uh-huh. And you're famous and like, yeah. shit. And which, you know, whatever. Here's the thing. Because there were so many lies and I'm sure he's grown. You know, everyone goes through their hard times and blah, blah, blah. But there were so many lies and so many unknowns when I left that relationship that lived with me for years. Have you ever gone through something where it's like there were lies and then in the middle of your day, put it together and go, oh my God. Oh, yep, that was that when that happened. I was living with that for years. And in little random moments, thinking about a little lie that reminded me of this time. And I don't know. And so I actually allowed him to reach out. And I was like, I have questions I need answered. And I got them answered. You did. He was truthful. Oh, well, we never know. I'll never know. But yeah, that was for me, even though it was like years later, for me, having unknowns, it's just unsettling. And it personally would affect me like in other relationships. And that was healing. Okay. What do you think, Abigail? Let's talk to Wes. Yeah. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm here with Abigail, and you wrote a beautiful letter. Aw, yeah, I was trying to make sure that I'm concise and I don't ramble too much. Will you tell us all what's going on? Yeah, so I am in a relationship with this beautiful man for this, we'll call him Thad. Thad, I love it. (laughs) He's great. I really have zero complaints except one. And so my question is, like, how can I get over the fact that he has these, like, loving and continuing relationships with his exes? Mm. Initially, it was sort of like, I was going to describe these two behaviors he has, and I was going to say, you know, don't you think this indicates that he's not ready for this relationship? Or, you know, that, like, this is somehow a problem. But over time, I've come to realize that this is probably my issue, So now my question is, like, how can I get over this? What's sort of wrong with me, so to speak, that I'm having this issue? Would you mind elaborating with the specifics? Because I don't know if you should beat yourself up. I think you're feeling very rational, normal feelings. Will you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the specifics? Yeah. uh, And just one more preface. I think that where I'm at currently was I sort of had this like epiphany that straight, uh, maybe cis men have this sort of feeling about women that they're dating or in relationships with. And they find out that they're maybe not a virgin or that they've had X number of sexual partners. And so my concern for his like past before me is something that I think is kind of problematic here. But yeah, this came up, you know, Thad was in a relationship with Harrison for seven years before he met me, they had a house together and they have this really great group of friends that I eventually would meet and like love all of them. They're super great. Harrison convinced Thad to get his master's degree throughout the course of the relationship. And that's led to Thad's beautiful, amazing nonprofit mission oriented career. But Thad ended the relationship seven years in because there was no sexual chemistry and maybe Harrison was a bit emotionally abusive. Haven't really unpacked that a lot with Thad. Not sure what my purview is within that, but you know, we started to talk about it a little bit. Recently, the problematic thing for me is we, Thad and I threw a champagne party for all of our friends in the city and Harrison and his current boyfriend were the last to leave. And Thad went up to them and was like, so good to see you guys and I love you. And they left. That was kind of a smack in the face to me because, you know, we had only just started saying I love you to each other, even though we both acknowledged that we wanted to say it for a while. So, yeah, that was alarming. And after they left, did you retreat into yourself or did you ask that about it? I talked to him about it afterward, but that night I definitely retreated into myself. Yeah, I'm the same way because I hate, I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling any kind of envy or jealousy. And I like to suppress it. I'm with you. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, and I'm struggling to understand how, like, the one conversation we had after that was constructive in any way, except to say that, like, Harrison was seven years of his life. So, like, why wouldn't he want to, you know, have a relationship with him, which I support as friends, and even tell him that you love him, but not in front of me, you know? Mm. Wes, will you come up with a good name for the boyfriend of Harrison? Uh, Alex. Okay, Alex. Great. So, how do you think that Alex was clocking Harrison and that. I think he was surprised when he heard that and not really sure what to say, you know? Alex is great, by the way. I mean, I would actually be friends with Alex outside of, you know, this whole thing. He's a great guy. Happy for Harrison. So then when you decided to ask that sort of about this idea, how did that go and what, what was that like? How did you approach it? You know, I sort of recounted the events just like, you know, as a narrative and just sort of said that was startling. And you said that you love him. And I even said, you know, it's great that you feel that way. It's great that you want to reconnect with him because it took a long time for Harrison to even be willing to be friends with that. But it kind of feels like, you know, there is still something there for you, even though you don't want to acknowledge it. And also, why is it so important that everybody like you? I think it's okay to let people move on and you don't have anything to prove to them or yourself by ensuring this positive association or this positive emotion after the relationship is terminated. Like if it happens, great, but I sometimes feel like it has a priority over the current relationship, our current relationship. Did that get defensive? I mean, he's an Aries, so I think that like anytime he's sort of called out, it's like that kind of a thing. But Yes, he is defensive. And I think he feels like he's being impugned upon, even though he feels like he's doing the right thing. He's doing the constructive, 
evolved human thing, which I, I can't disagree with. I think that he's achieving something that a lot of people aren't able to do. I'm not able to do, you know, with my own exes. So Me too. I've never been great at forming friendships with my exes, mostly because it always felt like there were so many explosions that felt like small ones, but I'm not sure there was ever a friendship that there was a foundation with. Anyway, Abigail, we were talking earlier about imbalance in relationships. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't think that Wes is irrational, but... God, no. No. Don't ever let anyone, 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 anyone make you feel crazy or that it is something to do with you when you are saying that, hey, this makes me... It is your right to say, this makes me feel uncomfortable or this makes me feel unsettled. You're allowed to talk about that. You're allowed to say that. I'm very bad at that as well. Like I sometimes will just like keep it in and stuff. And I remember my therapist one time was like, it is your right. She's like, always be receptive and always self-reflect. Don't hold back for the sake of thinking that, oh my gosh, this person might think I'm crazy. She was like, you have to know your non-negotiables and your non-negotiables don't have to be their non-negotiables. And I personally would not feel comfortable with that because of past relationships where it's a pattern where the person that I'm with gets back with their ex. My first boyfriend left me from his ex. My second one did. My third and my fourth. So if I were in your shoes, I would not be comfortable with it. And that's totally valid and that's okay. And he may not see an issue with it. And that's totally valid and okay with him. What I learned was your non-negotiables have to align. And if they don't, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And then there's anything wrong with him. And if he can compromise for the sake of your non-negotiable, that's great. Yeah. It's an incredibly uncomfortable feeling to feel insecure in a relationship, but I don't want it to eat away at you. Wes, can I ask you kind of, I don't know if it's a delicate question. It feels like it is. Go for it. I believe that no relationship has a 50-50 balance. It tends to fluctuate, if it's healthy, between 40 and 60, somewhere in that sure. spectrum. And it can shift depending on, like, work stuff or, you know, the variables. And I believe this with all relationships that we have in our lives. But if you were to gauge the power balance right now, does it leave you feeling vulnerable if you feel like you like him more or you're more invested? That's hard. I mean, I definitely relate to the equality or equity going 60-40 and fluctuating. I can definitely tell that he likes me a lot. Good. You're totally smiling when you say that. Good. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he is afraid of, you know, one time I said when we were talking about his other ex, uh, Jamie, we, you know, I said something like, and I can't do this anymore in terms of like, putting up with or seeing him communicating with Jamie. And so he took that as like, I was breaking up with him and he was just like really crushed and shut down in that conversation. So I know that like the thought of us not being in a relationship hurts him. In a lot of ways too, he takes the lead. He decides where we go, what we do. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I say I'm a leaf in the wind. I'm new to Chicago. He's lived here for like 12 years. So mm, That's interesting though. Because it's you're integrated into his group of friends. So without realizing it, he has more power. This is kind of neither here nor there. But do you like Harrison? I mean, do you think he's a decent... Harrison, uh, I told my best friend MK that I met here in Chicago. It's like, yeah, Harrison's a cutie. He is a cool guy. He has kind of like this annoying swagger sometimes where he's just like, oh, I'm just like <laughs> so chill. I can't even be bothered kind of a thing. But yeah, no, he's a fine guy. Like, honestly, I wouldn't mind hanging out with him more. And the whole group of friends, they're all really amazing people. When Thad said, I love you, I mean, it sounds like it could have been, I really care about you and I hope you're doing all right. Because maybe some stuff happened in the relationship that maybe is private or something. I don't know. Yeah, but they're boundaries. I just feel like there should be boundaries. Like, if you're dating someone... You don't get to have it all. If you're now in a relationship with someone, this is just where I'm like, see, I'm getting aggressive though. Like <laughs> if you're with someone, like that's a responsibility. It's a commitment. And you're not just on your own anymore. Like you do have someone else's feelings to care about. And that's just where it's like, I would feel the exact same way. And like, I think it's a very valid, like, fine. If you want to say you love your ex 
do it when you're not in a relationship. It's interesting too, Wes, that you were kind of comparing straight people relationships. Because I don't know what the rules are, you know? And it feels like it should be kind of defined between two people. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned, you know, because it's such an archetype, you know, like, I don't think it really has a lot to do with orientation or sex identity or gender identity. But I think that I sort of refer to that because everyone knows that it's not okay for a man who's fragile in his masculinity to comment on the sexual activity, the consensual sexual activity of his female partner after they're together, being concerned about her relationships before that, you know? And so I was wondering if this is just sort of like none of my business. Oh, I see what you're saying. But then the fact that it keeps getting brought into the present, like with Jamie, Thad's ex just before me, they have this like Instagram relationship where Thad's like sending memes to Jamie. And during three really cute dates that we had, he was like messaging Jamie. And um, that really sucked. Yeah. Jamie broke up with Thad, whereas Thad broke up with Harrison. So it just kind of feels like Thad's like dipping his toe in that water. Yeah. And it's getting in the way of your intimate moments. And in a relatively new relationship. I mean, it's nine months. It kind of has to be nurtured right now and protected. Mm -hmm. It's an important time right now. Yeah. It just feels that like I'm trying to be practical and say, hey, if you need time, take your time. I will have no hard feelings for you. I'm not trying to get in the middle of this. I freaking love you. And I think that you're one of the most amazing people I've ever met. But if you don't feel the same way about me or if you have reservations or things you still need to explore with these other people, you know, I'm not the person to hold your hand through that. Have you been heartbroken? My heart hasn't been broken since college. It was a very self-protective idea that you expressed, I think. Also kind of sounds like to me, like in a way, you're being the understanding one. Like you're the one really looking into this and really trying to figure out, does this have to do with me? Am I the one that's being ridiculous here. It's very rational, but I think the approach has to be different, Wes. And I think it matters about what you feel comfortable with. It's between two people and it's what your relationship is. In this case, I feel like I have like one more chance to talk about this Mm. in a way that's cohesive and makes sense. And I don't want it to wear on our relationship anymore. So I feel like You know, I am sort of taking a break from talking about it, letting him know that it bothers me, wondering if I can become okay with this. Okay, I feel like I might have like an idea for a solution and then also something to say to when you just said, will I become okay with this? Keep tuning into how your heart is feeling and trust it because your feelings are always going to be valid. Just trust yourself and don't go, okay, do I need to compromise my boundaries for the sake of this relationship. And yeah, you can love him. But I think also he might need to meet you there. With that being said, have a sit down conversation. I know you already have, but approach it in the way of like, why do you feel the need? Do you want to explain it to me so I can try to understand it? And then maybe say, okay, let's find a compromise. Like, could you let me know when they message you so that it doesn't feel like there's secrets or any like weird feelings behind it. And if He's like, oh, yeah, of course. Then also maybe that'll give you security in the sense of like, okay, this really is just like him cherishing old relationships. The messaging on Instagram, sending memes and stuff, that would upset me too. But does he have regular conversations with them? Do they text? Is it a lot? Or is it just like... Yeah, it's like every other day, every third day. What? Twice a week. Yeah. Okay. I have some thoughts sort of along with Abigail's ideas. It sounds like he may have been the caretaker in those relationships. Mm. So they still feel like they need a part of him. And he probably, like most good caretakers, enjoys that role. I mean, he's been taking care of you. Mm. And I love a caretaker, for sure. (laughs) But... Here's what I think, Wes. I think when the timing is right, I think you should approach this with vulnerability. When you find yourself saying things to dad like, I want you to be able to do whatever you want, that's not exactly accurate, you know, because I don't know if you do want that. It seems like you love this relationship and you love him and you want it to work, right? This is a good relationship that makes you happy most of the time. Yeah. I would tell him, you know, like Chicago's kind of new for me, as you know, and I have a lot of sort of new things going on and I love you so much. 
I really want to feel like I'm the closest person in your life. It's really hard for me to acknowledge when I'm feeling a little jealous or a little insecure. I do want to sort of work on some of that stuff, but I also feel really protective of this relationship. I think he'll hear this messaging if it's delivered in the right mm-hmm. way. So I think you have to make sure that it comes from, you know, this place of love and openness, the goal being protecting this relationship. I don't know if you should make any specific demands. Hopefully, Thad just hearing that this stuff stings. Hopefully his goals are the same. And you'll learn a lot how he responds to this. If he gets defensive, you may have to check yourself to make sure that you're being as open as you can. My guess, though, is that he will be like, I never want to hurt you. I never want you to feel insecure. These people were a big part of my life. We have a long history, which that's like the lame part, you know. But hopefully he'll try to be proactive in making you feel like your relationship is the most important thing. Because it should be. And I understand why you would feel like this because at the end of the day, he's been intimate with these people. And it is difficult when you're being intimate with someone and trying to also build intimacy and people from the past that he's been intimate with are kind of coming into the relationship. It kind of waters down building like a really incredible base. Oh, totally. Have you guys heard of the idea of micro-cheating? No, but I love the term. The idea of, you know, it is micro-cheating. Like, Leaks in communication. Yeah, and little splinters. Yeah. In the fragility. One partner not protecting the relationship mm-hmm. in the same way that the other one is. Right. Little tendrils that go outside. Yeah, just a little bit. And I'm not saying that Thad is... It sounds like Thad really cares about you and loves you. Yeah. Would you say like 80% of the time you're in love and happy? Even like 90, 95%. Great. I think the reason I have this like insecurity on my behalf is like, if we do break up, is he going to treat me the same way? I was literally just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is he going to send me cute memes on Instagram still? And I think I'm also a little bit worried that I could never inspire him to do something as amazing as like getting his master's degree or something like that. Oh, Wes, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. That's a lot in terms of futurizing, you know? You're imagining the breakup. You're imagining what you're not giving him. You are awesome. I appreciate that. I think that you have this conversation with him when the timing is right. And avoid futurizing. Like, if we break up, like, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Be diligent in the exercise of your brain. Yeah. Make sure you're staying right there. And you're not reliving the pain of that jealousy when he said, I love you, or when you saw the memes. It's really hard. It will always be there a little bit, always. But try to not feel those feelings again. Try to kind of suppress it a little bit and think about how you just simply need to express to Thad that those things stung because you love him and you love this relationship. Like you're going through all these changes now. Of course, you want to be protective of your heart Yeah. because there's a lot of new things happening for you. Yeah. There's no chance that it would be smart to try and like arrange for like a quick convo with Harrison or Jamie, right? Like that's probably a bad idea because it doesn't involve that. Like that's I wouldn't. I don't think so. That's what I thought. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I appreciate that you're looking at this from all angles. Be confident in what you're also bringing to the relationship. And what you're bringing to the relationship is, I mean, you care. What you're doing right now, you're trying to also, in a way, fix a problem that he also has to fix. Like, he needs to be a part of it, too. Yeah. You're right. The solution should not be on Wes. No, it's both of you. I think you should say something along the lines of, like, I don't know what the solution is. I understand that these people are super dear to you. They're dear to me. I just need you to know that it stings. Hopefully, he'll say, like, I never meant to make you feel that way. This is why, like, at nine months in, you guys are at this crucial time. It's kind of a fragile time, actually, nine months in, because the super hardcore headiness has started to ebb. You're getting a sense of security. You're entering into the long-term journey, and it kind of needs to be nurtured. 
because you love this relationship, you have to give this a chance. And this is why I don't want you to propose the solution. Or if he says, do you not want me to be friends with anymore? I would say, I'm not asking that at all. Yeah. I just need you to know that it hurts. And I think about it. Yeah, I think that's really hitting something on the head. It's like, I keep looking like, what can I do? How can I think differently about this? But, you know, as Abigail pointed out, it's not on me. It's not, it's on, not you. on you. Except to communicate. Exactly. Take your time with it. Yeah. And if you find yourself getting to a place where it's like, I'll be fine. You know, I'm going to be mm-hmm. fine. I'm, I will just be fine. <laughs> Try to clock it. Okay. Because I think the goal is for a happy relationship with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Your insight that that is probably a, a caretaker previously, you know, that actually means a lot and helps kind of explain kind of what might be going on here. Yep, because they need him. And he needs them. He needs to be a helper. He likes that. He's probably the kind of friend that would take you to the airport. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Walk, bitch. <laughs> I appreciate your insight that my uh, feelings are real, you know. I appreciate that empowerment. That really means a lot. Wes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable. It's very valid what you're feeling, you know. Thank you. It really is. And I am rooting for you guys. Thank you. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. You too. You're incredible. Bye, Wes. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. You were fantastic. Okay. I like it that you were like, no, your feelings matter and they're real. That's important. It's easy to feel, am I crazy or am I overreacting? And I don't think Wes was. But that's also something that I had to learn is like, if you're even questioning, am I crazy? Am I this? Like, well, maybe this is this. Like, that clearly shows you're very self-reflective because there's a large percentage of people that just do not even check themselves and are very convinced that everything that they do is fine. They don't question, could this be me? That's when it's an issue. But the fact that he's even questioning, is this me? It shows he's very self-reflective. Definitely. And wants the relationship to work. Yeah. But then needs to actually like work on his boundaries and realizing that his feelings are valid. And that's what I really had to work on in therapy because it was always, is this my fault? Is this my fault? Is this my fault? And that stems from usually childhood like family systems. I would have felt the same way. And I probably would have responded to it with kind of defensiveness. Oh, same. I would have just left. (laughs) Yes. I would have just, bye. (laughs) So now we are going to talk with Alzita. Hi, Alzita. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you for your letter. Will you tell our listeners what's going on? So... I have a friend. We have been friends for a super long time, for 12 years. And she's pretty much like family. And she was with a guy for 13 years. And in 2020, she got divorced. And she started to date. And when she started to date, she was super unconfident. And I started to see a pattern of how she was breaking up with guys. And the way that she breaks up with them is to just ghost them. 
So for example, one guy she dated, they had kind of a blowout argument and he walked away and she never came face to face with him again. She sent him a message and said, I'm just done and I'm sorry, I can't be with you anymore. I don't want to explain it. We're just done. And I tried to explain it to her that it's terrible, but she just said it's easier for her to do it that way. But um, then she dated another guy shortly after. She talked to him online and he lived eight hours away. So they both took a week off and he came here for a week. And at the end of the week, she realized she didn't like him, but sent him home and then waited till he got home, took a picture of a letter she wrote him. And then that was it. She, again, ghosted him after that. Mm. And I don't know, I just feel like I have been broken up with and I've broken up with guys. And I just feel like that's a heartbreaking way to do it, to not give them any closure. Lots of people do it, I'm sure, but I'm just, maybe I just need like a way to explain to her how, how that feels. Well, in your letter, you also write that you feel like you give more to the friendship. Oh, for sure. Yes. And you're also now seeing this behavior with other people in her life. Yes, absolutely. From your letter, it sounds like it's inadvertent that she kind of hurts your feelings. Totally. She's an absolute sweetheart. Her family is like my family. They have become that way. And she's not doing it on purpose, but it's to the point where it's like, it's just hard. Have you heard of the idea of love languages? Yes. I feel frequently like I'm the kind of friend that your friend is. Okay. Oh, no. I know I'm fun <laughs> and I'm loyal, Yeah. but you can't always count on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's one of my worst qualities, I think. And part of it is like life, you know, just kids and work and whatever. But it is hard when you feel like you're giving a lot more and you're investing a lot more. Absolutely. It leaves you vulnerable when you feel like you need this relationship more than the other person does, or at least that's how you're feeling. Friendship heartbreaks are hard. Yeah. Worse than a breakup with a guy, for sure. Yeah. When a friend breaks your heart, it is devastating. I am definitely, I feel like I'm mixture. Like I used to be overly giving or I would expect so much, but then you also leave so much room for heartbreak. I remember my mom said something to me one time that literally stuck with me for the rest of my life about friendships. She was like, Abby, you have friends and there's nothing wrong with this. You can have friends for different reasons. And that can change throughout life too with that same friend. Yeah. She like named a friend. It was like, okay, say Susie. Would Susie be someone that you tell your secrets to? I was like, well, no. She's like, would you laugh with her? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, Susie's your friend that you laugh with, but you would never tell a secret to. Karen is the friend that you would tell your secrets to but then not laugh with so that you hang out with them knowing what to expect. And then if they surprise you, you can add them to the list and go, okay, now you're my friend that I tell secrets to. Then she said, a best friend is someone that meets all of those qualities. And that's when you know you have a best friend and they're very, very rare. (laughs) And some people never have a best friend. Some people actually, it ends up being their spouse actually. And sometimes they're like, no way is my spouse, my my best friend. Sometimes it's your dog. Yeah. And like, (laughs) that's very freeing because you're like, wow, like I have so many friends now. If they spill a secret that I told them, that's actually kind of on me because I knew that like they weren't my secret friend and I did it anyways. And I was like, okay, come on. Why'd you do that? But it doesn't mean I have to like fire my friend or be like, I'm not friends with you anymore. It's just managing expectations. And it sounds like your friend is going through a really weird time. Yeah. A lot. There's more too that I haven't mentioned too. And I don't want to not be her friend. But maybe it's time to kind of like take a few things off of the friendship list and not in a mean way and not in a, like you still adore her. Yeah. But it's also protecting yourself because you have like so much love to give. And it sounds like she's really not wanting to receive it right now anyways. I think post-divorce is one of the most selfish times in life. Interesting. Okay. Mm, Yeah. Like my first divorce. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Like I went from having like a pantry and fridge just packed all the time to having just mustard and beer. (laughs) And I was like, who is this awesome new person? I'm just living for myself. Like what? So do keep that in mind that Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. is like a liberating time and it's a selfish time and it's like a massive regroup. I am sorry because there is heartbreak in this. I do think 
things will inevitably change. Hopefully they'll stabilize, you know, Mm -hmm. in like a year in her life. Mm. She'll get some grounding. And that's probably a better time to take a true assessment of what she's given you and how she also hurts your feelings a little bit. Alzita, what are her strengths if right now generosity isn't one of them? Oh gosh, she's so kind and loving, like beyond empathetic. She is fun to be around. She is definitely the hostess with the mostest, always having people at her house. She's got lots of great qualities for sure. And you love her. You love her enough to write in. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I sort of want to prep you. If you want this person in your life for the rest of your life, and I think you should because I mm-hmm. see that you love her a lot. Yeah. I think you might have to give this a solid chunk of time of patience, unfortunately. Okay. She probably does feel guilty for ghosting these people, but she's also like, at least for me, I was very self-absorbed and selfish for at least a year. Okay. After particularly my first divorce, like I dropped friends left and right. I felt very liberated. And very wild, too. She's definitely displayed some of that. I get that, yeah. Yeah, you have to give this a little time. And I think a reach out in, like, funny ways, maybe. She probably doesn't know how to ask for support. She probably doesn't even believe she needs it right now. Okay. But I think you're just going to have to take the lead in the friendship for a minute. Because clearly she's doing this with everybody. Probably, yeah. Because she's doing it with the guys. It's just her chaotic brain right now. And she may have displayed elements of this, probably, during her marriage. Sometimes, you know, maybe she wouldn't, like, call you back or whatever. It would take, like, three phone calls on your part for her to. Because I would normally say, if she weren't going through this, I would say, I think you should tell her that this hurts you. But I think that actually, in this particular case, needs to wait a beat. Because I don't think she can give anything to you right now. Okay. She's at a place of, like, exciting turmoil. And there's going to be carnage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, as it goes. (laughs) But I think this person means enough to you that it's worth this extra mile of patience. Without guilt trip with truly an act of total generosity. If this lasts longer, I would say, I'm going to do all the work for six months. And then after that, start to gauge, like, how much does it hurt that I'm doing all the work? Okay. And then I think do a proper assessment. We're going through such a crazy time right now. I know, there's so much. (laughs) The world is heavy. And you sound like an incredibly generous person. And maybe giving acts of kindness towards her. Like when I brought up the love language things, I wish I kind of knew more about them. And it's a simplistic idea, essentially, because I think we all love in very complicated ways. Yes. But what's helpful about it is understanding what our strengths are, I think. I'm not a great gift giver. (laughs) I like touch. Yes. (laughs) But I would try to focus on what she gives you, which, you know, you like her for these reasons and you won't expect that airport ride from her anytime soon Mm -hmm. or even a text back or even an acknowledgement. Like Abigail was saying, keeping expectations low as she's going through this tumultuous journey. I never even thought of coming from that perspective, but that's totally fair. It's totally fair. It's a wild time. I was a rat. I've never been married. So Lord knows I have no idea what she's going Mm. through. So, And the comforting thing about her being flaky with these guys is simply that she's doing it to everybody. Okay. It can't be examined really through personal lenses. I'm sure she loves you. I bet that she needs you so much more than she realizes. So being okay with being the proactive person in the friendship is kind of necessary right now. Pin her down, I would say, okay, you need to give me a date next week. I want to have you over for dinner. You know, and if she flakes on that, just take it in the chin. Okay. And just truly give yourself that six-month goal. 
have we uncracked something? Totally. Oh my gosh. I feel like you guys gave me a different perspective. So I'm so appreciative because I can't talk to everybody about it. We live in a small town. So I really appreciate mm. your opinion. Oh gosh. Small town gossip. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know how that feels. But Alzita, you're a wonderful friend. And if you commit to this, you are like a goddess. <laughs> Thanks. It takes a lot of strength. She's definitely worth it. So I'm going to try. So I think it will make you feel good if you write her cards and send her things and let her know that you know that she's going through this crazy time. The craziest thing, I think, is how exhilarating it is. Okay. And the freedom that you suddenly feel, which is so thrilling. It's scary. And like suddenly you have a new identity, especially if you guys live in a small town. Oh, yes. Like I said, though, if enough time has passed, you can decide when that is. I think you can bring it up. Like sometimes it hurts my feelings because I, I feel like I give a lot more to this friendship than you do and it can be hurtful and see how she sort of reacts to that. But don't go there yet. Okay. Give the whole thing a solid chance and hopefully she'll kind of come back down and I hope that she can come back and give you the love that you deserve in the friendship. And I love it that you're fighting for it. Absolutely. But also take care of you. I will. Don't forget to really like check in with yourself and go, do I even have the emotional capacity today to stay on a hour long phone call and help her? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Great point, Abigail. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying like, I emotionally cannot today because then you're actually doing her a favor because tomorrow you will be able to. You'll fill your cup and you'll take care of you and you'll feel more in power as well. And then the next day, you can then give however you feel equipped to give. But don't make it your main focus. Like, just let her do her thing. She's going through a hard time. I mean, I can't even imagine. As long as she's not in danger, like, let her figure herself out. Absolutely. Yeah, and don't worry about the guys that she's ghosting. Truly, the thing that's comforting about that idea is that she's uh, across the board self-absorbed right now. Okay. Thank you for writing to us and talking with us. And your friend is really, really lucky. Oh, thank you so much. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alzita. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Bye, Alzita. Bye. Bye. Abigail, thank you so much for joining us today and giving such great advice. You are just fucking rad. Oh, Thank you. Seriously. Yeah, I love this. I didn't expect this. I was like, I didn't know what to really expect. But like, this is like my cup of tea. I love it. It's really cool, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it, it feels good to talk to strangers about life. Yeah. And be vulnerable. And like, yeah. just, I've been craving this. This is actually very like filling for me. Good. Well, come back, please. I'd love to. No, you're going to see on Apple Podcasts. It's going to be Abby Cowan, Unqualified. I'm going to copy your podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love it. <laughs> No, I love it. (laughs) Thank you again. Seriously, this has been so awesome and you're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you. Bye, Abigail. Thanks so much. Bye. 